0: Hi, and welcome to episode 291 of No Crying in Baseball, the Mother's Day bread and booze episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Welcome back home. Hey, happy Mother's happy Day to Mother's you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there listening to the show.
1: Absolutely. And and we just, I'm, I'm a little off sorts, and I probably sound a little off sorts because we just had a... Um, a microphone crisis right before recording, nothing like a microphone crisis. Right after I had gotten back into the state, like we, we arrived from New York City like 45 minutes ago or something like that and we're running around and I thought everything was all set and one of our microphones just went Caput, so we had to call in tech support who cool. luckily was back from the co-op run right
0: and you said like macgyvered the heck out of it yeah. and so now now things are working the way they should but it took Close. us long enough for us to finish our first cocktail right. already <laughs> hey we're drinking something really tasty too where is this? so um but here's the, here's the backup one. So we have uh, we just finished a tamarind cocktail from um, Port Antonio, um, which is in, um, in Rockville. But it's, it's um, a, a local distillery was selling it, so their booze goes into it.
1: Okay. So um, I was thinking there's no port in Rockville. I not
0: only bought the, the tamarind cocktail, but I also bought a bottle of the bourbon that goes into Ooh. it. Hey, tell you what, if you can make the ice work,
1: yes, I can, I can make that. the
0: next drink work. Because um, we finished the tamarind, and we're about to start the hurricane cocktail.
1: Aren't you impressed that I planned ahead and brought ice?
0: I am so impressed, and so now we're kind of going to New Orleans, uh, which has nothing at all nice. what to do with anything that we're going to talk about. But what it has to do with for me is I spent my Mother's Day outing today because my child is in Syracuse and not home with me. Um, I went to the farmers market. That was my. It's a beautiful day. I'm walking in the farmers market, and I realized because I have a CSA box every week, mm-hmm. I don't need like fruits, and vegetables from the farmer's market. So the only thing I ever buy is bread and <laughs> booze. And sure enough, what did I come home with today? Bread, bread and, and booze. booze. That's excellent. And we're working on the, the booze now, and the bread's going to be for dinner. But um, yeah, so I'm going to open the hurricane cocktail. That
1: sounds lovely. Yes, yeah, but
0: you actually had an official sort of event for Mother's Day.
1: I did. We did a brunch. So this weekend, like, all my stars aligned in fucking New York City of all places. Like, I'm almost to Oh, you love it. You keep saying, saying how much say you don't love it. You love it. Uh, well, we had a lovely weekend in New York City. We really did. Although Mr. Potty at one point said to me, like, I've just got to, like, realize that I really can't glare at everybody in a Yankees cat here. Like, he does that in other places on a regular, you know, on the regular. But um, in New York, it's not the place to glare at everybody who walks by with a Yankees hat. However, we had like three ev- the main event this weekend was my kids um, animation film show, part of their senior graduating class at School of Visual Arts. And so we went to see that. But it was very conveniently placed between Mother's Day, which like that was a bonus. So we got to see the show on Saturday and we got to go out and have a lovely Mother's Day brunch with my kid in in the city where they live, despite what I feel about it. (laughs) But also on Friday night, a band that I have never seen live, but I've adored for a long time, that hasn't toured the US in 10 years, Basilos, and their Maryland concert was for some reason canceled. So I was like, you know, very concerned that I wouldn't be able to see them on this, this tour. And I saw that they were playing in New York and it just happened to be on the perfect weekend. So it was like, Lovely, perfect weekend. We saw the concert concert on Friday, film show on Saturday, Mother's Day brunch on Sunday. But also, as I was checking social media, the band had uh, one more concert after New York City. They went to Chicago. They got to throw the first pitch at the White Sox game on Saturday, the day after we saw them on Get Friday up. night. I don't know why, Basilos. Like, it's, it's not that common. Were they for... performing at the ballpark? No, they were just performing. Report performing in the house of blues like some small you know ish yeah. club in chicago somehow they got a first pitch and there's even a picture of the two of them with white Sox jerseys that they apparently got gifted to them that say basilos on the back oh they're nice. originally from my Mi- like they're from all over but they got they came together in miami i don't know the white Sox connection but i just thought that was super cool
0: that is super cool yeah
1: Uh, My other uh, baseball-adjacent thing from today was my present from my child who knows me well and got me a book called The Baseball 100, and I already, like, I'm criticizing it. So I started flipping through it because it's supposed to be, like, the 100 best players of all time. So, of course, I'm looking at the numbers and I'm like, ah, bullshit, that person's not there. And then I and then I went back and read the forward. And the first beginning of the forward was like, basically, this is what you're going to do while you're reading this book. Like, <laughs> so this it's working. Is, yes. Yeah. And I think like people have enjoyed it more. It's on the New York Times bestseller list um, because of that, you know, interaction with what you think and what the what the author is trying to prove. So I'm excited. Nice. I thought that was, that was super, super sweet.
0: Excellent. Report back to the class yeah. on that one for sure.
1: The last thing we did um, in New York, while in New York, we did have a little bit of downtime. So tried to catch up on the shows that we are watching. And one of which is Abbott Elementary, which this is the second time for the of you who are keeping track that I've mentioned it on the show because the first time was when they literally predicted Adley Rutchman's walk-off home run, his first of his career. Like the episode that came out that week said, talked about an Adley walk-off and then he walked it off. This week, I thought was impressive in a whole different direction. The show is based in Philadelphia, and one of the characters, Melissa, they have this night at the museum, which is, as a teacher, this looks like hell, like spending the, the night at the museum with all Sleep of over? your- Sleepover? Yes, yeah, sleepover with Ooh. all with your class, like you oh. sleeping oh. bags next to like oh, all you your- Oh, you get sp-
0: hazard pay for Ooh, that, right? Oh, that
1: looks awful. So the, this character, Melissa brought a bat with her, you know, just in case, and it was a bat that she had named And she named it Edith, and fuck, I don't remember how she pronounced it. Houghton. Houghton. Is that it? It's Houghton. Do you know who she is? Have you heard the name? Well,
0: see, now that I've read your notes, now I don't know (laughs) if I I would have guessed that or not. But I think I've, yeah, maybe.
1: So very proudly, she said that she was the first female scout who worked in MLB, and she worked for the Phillies. Also... Go look, at, um, go look up Edith Houghton because she did a lot more. She played baseball. She, like, lived and breathed baseball as a kid. She has a fascinating story. So for somebody, I don't know, I just think for, like, you know, your basic comedy sketch TV show, not sketch, whatever, yeah. Sitcom. That's it. That's the word. Sitcom TV show that's on every week, which feels like the old days, really, um, for them to be pulling out something like that.
0: Okay, I'm Thumbs convinced. I'm convinced up. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm sold. All right, can I talk about our backup cocktail for a second? Sure. So we, we opened one that was called a Hurricane, and I'm used to the New Orleans Hurricane, which is pink. Mm. And this is not. This is a completely different cocktail that they are calling a Hurricane Cocktail. What is it? That's it, Well, it's it rum like, and, natural, and natural flavors.
1: It looks like mango. Oh, no, it's passion fruit. Passion fruit, it's, lemon juice, and rum it does not taste i mean i
0: haven't had a hurricane in new orleans for since the pre-katrina days so my memory may be a little clouded by decades <laughs> and decades yeah. of going old growing old but um this is it's i don't remember it's a tasty drink fruit. but it's yeah. not a yeah. wow so i'm gonna have to go next time i go to the farmer's market okay. for a bread and booze we're okay. gonna have a conversation
1: so i could teach you that spanish for passion fruit is nothing like passion fruit it's not like fruta de pasión it's maracuya Say it again.
0: Maracuya. Maracuya? Yep. Maracuya. Yep. All right. Well, so I'm if gonna you ever, ever want to get out <laughs> <of> I'm <her throat> going to yell the Maracuya instead of the New Orleans. There yeah, you go. That's it. Oh, my God. Okay. On today's show, it's all AL East. We can't help it. It's not our fault. We've got all the boyfriends, including cycles and, and wine. We've got pictures on the bump and in the hospital. When cross training and police blotter collide, We've got City Connect, South of the Border, and the Women's Baseball World Cup.
1: Cheers! Cheers. I'm used to leaning into the microphone, and now I'm wearing one, so this is going to be a big adjustment. I don't know. There's all sorts of weird stuff going on today. Let's just hope that everything comes out well. You we have
0: to use like a paper clip or duct tape at any point. Right.
1: Oh, that's or, or Gorilla Glue. Or yeah. Gorilla Glue. That's a, you can fix anything with duct tape. So, how about that ALE East? They do not need any fixing.
0: I love them and hate them. I,
1: I do, too. I was rooting, and I'm sorry. I know I love the Orioles in, in certain circumstances, but I was so rooting for them to lose today because well, the Well, Reds... it won. It worked. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry about that. I mean, it I know that it wasn't my fault, but still. No, it is. Um, but the, the Red Sox had dropped from last time we checked being third and then fifth, and it's just kind of distressing. But, like, to make... You know, myself feel better. I sort of looked at the comparisons of the ALS, AL East to the rest of the league. And on this past Wednesday, all five teams in the AL East were better than any AL Central, uh, Central team, with the, the Twins being on top but struggling just a little bit. If the Twins hadn't won today, this is Sunday when we're recording they would be tied with the bottom of the AL East which at this very moment is um, is the Yankees. The the Red Sox have not played yet. If they lose tonight they will be lower and uh, it will I will be very sad. But compared to everybody else besides the AL Central. So we're still like, you know, even if we're not first or tied for first, we're we're second all of us. Like all we're just a big AL the, the entire AL East conference community.
0: is over 500. Mm-hmm. They've, they're all they have records over 500, right. which is largely because now every team plays every other team instead of playing a thousand games yep. against your own conference, where it, that would be impossible for everyone to be over 500. But nope, we are yeah. everybody over 500,
1: which is which is so good for the AL East. Like this new thing is really because we can have both wild cards a little bit more easily. I think so. Not only are they you know tied for second in, in the Central, but also the AL West also the NL East and the NL Central. So for all of those four divisions, the, all of the teams of the AL East, you know, together would be between first and second. Um, and in the NL East, at this point of recording, they would, be, they would be tied. So I'm, you know, proud to be an AL Easter, kind of, but it's very stressful.
0: Well, well this, is, this is the frustrating thing for an Orioles fan is our team is finally doing mm-hmm. a thing. And we are, the Orioles are second in all of Major League Baseball, behind only the Tampa Bay Rays, who are in the same division. Yeah. So if things stay the same, yeah. hooray for the O's in the wild card, but they would be the right. division champ in any other division in, in MLB right That's now. That's a
1: really big fucking deal for the Orioles. Yeah. 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 I, d- I don't know. The Rays have got to collapse at some point, don't you
0: I think? I mean, but they're, they're right. But the way you described it, there's a good chance that every single wild card team would be from the AL East. Yeah every single one of them. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's totally crazy. Um, Boyfriends. Boyfriends, the guys that we profile on teams, we pick a a guy from every team because they're good at baseball. We like something about them. They're good humans. They're funny. They're philanthropic. They're quirky. Something about them. My Red Sox guy, Tristan Casas, is my highest OPS on my team, my fantasy team for the week. I always look at just the Past okay. seven days of stats, so it's not cumulative, but it catches people who are doing something crazy great mm-hmm. in a short period of time. So I and it helps me decide what to talk about. So Tristan Casas hit a 442-foot home run on Wednesday versus wow. the Hammers, and he was actually hilarious about it because if you remember, that may or may not have been the game where um, Kelly Jansen got his 400 save. Oh, yeah. And so what what Tristan said was, "Oh, oops, I really didn't mean to hit a 442." <laughs> Foot home run. I was trying to hit a grounder to second because I didn't want to, you know, get too many runs because then Kenley wouldn't have had a chance for oh, a save, wow. which I thought was pretty hilarious. That's so wild. that made me happy. Uh, back to the Orioles because not only are they doing great as a team, but Cedric Mullins, oh my, my former God. boyfriend and I'm currently on Mr. Potymouth's team, hit for the cycle on Friday versus Pittsburgh. Here's how you know I have a... A, a a rich life of more things other than just baseball. Oh, I was hosting my book club. the The Venn diagram shows alcohol in the middle between book club <laughs> and baseball, but still. And I only had two
1: people texting me about a, about Cedric Mullins's progress towards the cycle. One of which being in our intern, I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: And I was sitting next to an O's fan and across from an O's fan, so I managed to keep everybody um, but
1: <laughs> updated. <laughs> So
0: I forget <laughs> how incredibly rare cycles are because mm-hmm. the last O's cycle was just last year. It was Austin Hayes, right? Uh, there's only been 341 total in Major League Baseball That's history.
1: crazy. But
0: we've had Trey Turner on the Nats. Yeah. So, he, so Trey Turner and Kristen Yelich are two of the six people who have had hit three cycles. Kristen Yellich hit him three times against the Reds. Trey Turner hit him twice against the Rockies, and I can't remember what the other one was. But so, so Wow sometimes it feels like oh yeah people do this but then when you look at the bigger picture there are teams who haven't had cycles in decades then really nice thing that the uh the orioles did the home run was in the eighth inning so when it was time to take the field in the ninth they sent cedric out to center field on his own
1: oh so he could
0: get a standing ovation and everybody cheered for him before everybody else came out because that gave him that chance for that moment and that curtain call which i thought was really
1: pretty good that is super classy another props to Abbott Elementary so when they made that here so I'm just a little bit of callback here when they made that comment about Adley's walk-off they also said that that same game Cedric was a single short of the cycle Uh now the cosmic part about it is that game when Adley did get the walk-off Cedric only got a single Uh and this time he got a cycle so he got a cycle plus a single instead of a single short of the cycle. Which is pretty. You cosmic. said all of that
0: without <laughs> stumbling over any of those words, and I would have stumbled over all of them. So <laughs> That's impressive. I don't know how I did that. I did magic.
1: Oh no! And now I have to t- take a deep breath because I'm going to explain logic. <laughs> Wait, well, you're going to explain logic? I'm going to explain my Tell logic. Us how logic works. I'm explain my very own logic, which is Oh no! Much, Batten much down the harder. hatches, folks. Yep. So <laughs> the boyfriend situation here. So the the end of our off season. Talking about these guys that Patty said, you know, why they're cool and stuff, is that we make our fantasy league out of it, right? So, my fantasy league has been hovering in the middle, but I'm keeping an eye on it. You know, I'm trying not to sink down too much. And I noticed that Jose Miranda is sent down. So, he's optioned, he's not on the team. He had actually improved his strikeout rate, but he was doing a lot of soft contact and just getting ground outs like crazy, and his batting average was taking a dive. So they sent him down, which makes sense, but I need an infielder. And I looked at my other options. So once we we get our team, we have a couple that we picked who we didn't, didn't make the final cut of the team. And if somebody else in the league hasn't picked them, we can put them in. But unfortunately, people in our league have picked a lot of my good players. So I only had four other players to choose from. Two were catchers and two were outfielders and Jose Miranda's an infielder. So I was momentarily a little bit concerned, But I decided this would be a good time to look at what's going on with the five guys, five, (laughs) that I chose who didn't make opening day roster. So I was like, huh, maybe somebody had come up and this would be a good time to do it. By the way, if you have been looking at the MLB website and looking at players' bios, which I clearly had to do to Mm -hmm. make sure that what see what these guys were doing. They now have stories. Have you seen this? you can click on a player's story and it shows like, at least the one I saw was like 10 highlights, like recent highlights of that player. Oh, nice, yeah. okay. It was just a very, you know, Good. just a little bit of props to the MLB's social media people. So the first guy I looked at was White Sox Lennon Sosa and I missed him, <laughs> he, was, he was up and now he's back down. No. So he was up for a cup of coffee, uh, it's, it's probably good that I didn't take him on while he was up because he, he managed a 132 average while he was subbing in for an injured Yoan Moncada. He had a lot of time. I mean, well, not a lot, 68 at bats. But in those 68, he had nine hits. That's, that's not, not a lot with one home run. So I missed him. I also missed a guy that I was super excited about, Von Grissom, for the Atlanta team. So they, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people thought that Grissom was going to be playing and I had totally hyped him up. And then Orlando Arcia got the got this shortstop job and he broke his wrist three and a half re- weeks ago. So they subbed in Grissom. So he was up there for most of this time and apparently just did horribly beyond horribly at defense. But the, the sad thing, the, the sad, like connected stat that I got from this, he was the sh- third worst shortstop defender behind. Ahmed Rosario and Kike Hernandez. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I could feel Uh-oh. that. I know Kike really wanted to be a shortstop. He's just not doing it. He had a pretty decent average. He was batting 277, but only two of his hits were extra base hits.
0: Are you talking about Von Grissom? Or yeah, Kike Von. Yeah, okay. no, no.
1: Kike's average, unfortunately, I think is a little bit okay. lower than that. All right. So Vaughn got sent back down last week, so I couldn't I can't put him on if I wanted to. So now I'm, I'm two up, two down out of my five. Number three, I missed also Oswald Peraza, who Yankees shortstop. He was up for 12 games with the Yankees. And actually, not. he didn't just get sent back down, but he got injured. So he might come back up. So I could, I don't know, but not, not quite, quite time yet. He's rehabbing with the Rail Riders. Then over the weekend, when I was listening to the Red Sox um, Cardinals games, I was excited to hear baseball boyfriend named Juan Yepes. And he's out playing in the outfield, but he um, is also classified by Yahoo, so this is OK to play, to play for the infield. But I, but I looked at what he was doing while he's up, and he's subbing in for Tyler O'Neill, mm-hmm. who is due back in a couple days. So Juan Yepes had been doing okay. He's batting 250 and 24 at-bats, but he's going to be right back down. So my only hope is the last guy. So I could bat 200 if I get him. And the good news is, spoiler alert, I think I got him. And I moved quickly. I put him in my lineup this morning. Christopher Morrell, who me and every Cubs fan has been waiting to, to be brought up, just because he was so hot last year, it seemed like just no no argument for why not to have him on the team this year. He was brought up on May 8th. I think he debuted the next day or the day after that. Because Nico Horner, your former boyfriend, is on the IL. Um, but the Cubs might have to make this work because he's been so good when he brought up. And he's got, like for me as a Yahoo fantasy player, it's perfect. He can play pretty much anywhere. He can play most of the infield, second, short, third, and outfield. So that covers a lot for subbing in. After four games and 17 at-bats, he was batting 412 with two home runs, including a 429-foot bomb second uh, two-run ninth-inning home run on Friday. And then, so I, I wrote this all down and added him today. And then in the car, on the way back, I get an alert, Christopher Morrell home run.
0: Yay, just in time. So...
1: I'm happy about that. Miranda, I didn't have to actually dump yet because um, Raul Urias is on the IL, but yeah. I'm going to have to make some, some decisions when he comes back on and yeah, you are. it might be back. I, it's, if it's between Miranda and Morel, there's like no, no competition here. I'm excited about Christopher Morrell.
0: Yay. Well, I'm glad about that. Yeah. I also had a guy um, get his call up. Uh, for this season, Mickey Moniak, my Angels' boyfriend, who's not on my fantasy team mainly because he was in AAA and was unavailable to me, mm-hmm. got called up on Saturday versus the Guardians. And here's what he did: he went three for four, he hit a leadoff home run, and stole two bases. Wow! Also, Saturday was his 25th birthday, oh. which means in the world of there's a stat for everything. <laughs> He was the first player to homer in his season debut on his birthday. Of course. And he's the first American League player with three hits, at least three hits, three runs, and two stolen bases on a birthday. Excellent. So welcome, Mickey. Glad to have you. I hope a... I hope you get to stay.
1: Yeah, that's probably a safe record to hold, hold for a while. For sure. So my Yankees
0: boyfriend, Harrison Bader, former Cardinal, mm. was out a lot. Yep. He went out at the end of March with a left oblique strain, finally came back on May 2nd, came back with, um, with gusto. He's lighting it up. This week, you know, his last seven days, OPS is 1.189. So fantastic, right? He's also endearing himself to... Both the guys in the clubhouse, and I believe you and I, oh. which is a lot to say for someone who's currently a Yankee. Oh, but yeah. that's okay because he's just—he's a new Yankee still. Okay. He's a new Yankee, baby Yankee. So Willie Calhoun, also sort of a new Yankee, went to his his you know little locker area and his little cubby in the in the clubhouse and found a bottle of Silver Oak 2016 Napa Valley Cabernet Sauvignon. In a silver Sharpie, it was written, 5223, 1st bomb as a Yankee. Wow. Given to him by Harrison Bader. Aww. Jack Bowers hit his first home run as a Yankee on May 3rd. Also received this lovely bottle of wine, which has the Sharpie, you know, the, the message wow. on it. To, and these are smaller firsts, right? It's not their first major league home run, but it's their first with the team. Should be acknowledged, but it's not going to be the thing that people report right. back. Bader said that the cards... Uh, when he was with the Cardinals, the veterans really did a good job of celebrating personal firsts, and he said it's hard to get the first ones out of the way, especially when you're new on a team. When you're on a new team, yeah. So I'm just passing that along, and hopefully, when they're doing their thing, they're in a position to do it for a younger guy too. Yeah. So right, the whole pay, hoping they'll pay it forward. That's awesome. So Bowers is saving his bottle of wine for his mom's visit, upcoming visit. Oh. Calhoun's wife is pregnant and soon to pop, and said, boy, is she going to want a glass of wine oh, yeah. after the baby's born, so that, oh, so, they're, they're, so it's very sweet that they're saving them for special things. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, these are $195 bottles Ooh. of wine, and Bader said, well, it's what I'm currently drinking, so that's why I gave it to him. Like, okay, nice for you, bud. Yeah. But in case you're wondering about the wine, Silver Oak <laughs> describes the wine as, quote, an opulent wine with notes of cassis, ripe raspberry, toasted coconut.
1: And shiitake mushroom. Oh, you had me until the mushrooms.
0: Well, I like mushrooms. I just don't know how I like them in wine, but I'm willing, you know, if we, if we had an incredible yeah. first, maybe Harrison Bader would send us one and we could try it ourselves just to so- see how it goes you know
1: our 300th episode is not too far away maybe we should like, ask for dibs right. say hey it's, harrison we just profiled you right can you can you can you can you, can you give some girls in, a little bonus here in a good way if anyone out there has any connections to harrison Bader,
0: we we, we too would like to try this this what was what the 2016 napa valley cabernet sauvignon from silver oak
1: yeah mushrooms we, are not
0: we we, <laughs> we want we want them to prove the mushrooms are worthwhile right <laughs>
1: All right, I'm going to take a little bit of a pitcher diversion here. I think I'm a little bit bitter. I'm, I'm a little bit bitter because Red Sox pitching, I don't know, has been emotional this year. It's been very rollercoastery, y very gut wrenchy. A lot of, like, old guys trying to pull it together, and are they going to come together or not? And the Red Sox did not keep a pitcher who I adored, Nate Evaldi, who came in just in time to help the Red Sox with the 2018 eighteen World Series, and did he ever? Over his time with the Red Sox, he was beloved, but his numbers weren't, you know, shocking. Nothing, nothing way above the ordinary. His best year ERA was 372. As of the time of recording, he is on a 28 and 23rd inning scoreless streak. For what team? Uh, for your pitching team, <laughs> the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. So Just wanted to I'm, put that I, out there. This should really help you with our fantasy situation. This past Thursday, he went himself eight and two-thirds scoreless innings and it just, you know, that last, inni- that last part out of the game, he just couldn't get through. But he had 12 strikeouts. His last three starts, he went over eight scoreless innings. That's a lot of innings for a starting pitcher. And, like, that's a really great way to relieve your bullpen of having to work. Just for perspective, the last starting pitcher to do this, to have three games, three starts in a row of over eight scoreless innings, was Clayton Kershaw in 2015. So that 3.72 best 2 uh, best ERA that he had with the Red Sox over... Four years, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. That would be five years from 2008, four and a half really, 2018 to 2022. At the the time of recording, his ERA is now 2 7, 270. Right. So he's having a year, as is another former Red Sox pitcher, Eduardo Rodriguez, who didn't come to, back to the Sox last year either. He's He's got a sweet deal. Of, for the time being with the Tigers, although he has an opt-out this year. So there's a really big question about what are they going to do with him because he might not stick around next year. So is this like the ideal trade ship for them? And he is at the time of recording, he has the second best ERA in Major League Baseball with 1.57 over his last eight starts. And again, he's given that that longevity into the game. His last two starts, he went seven and eight innings with no runs. So seven shutout innings, eight shutout innings. I am really sad that, like, if the Red Sox had both of them, they could be maybe competing with the Orioles at this at this point. Um, but the, who do the Red Sox have? Kenley Jansen. So Kenley Jansen, I talked about last week, this is a closer, so we could still use these starters, but he did make it to his 400 saves. So that was a big celebration, and I appreciate it. I think it was Kiki Hernandez actually who, who tweeted, like this means so much to Curacao. This is a player from Curacao who now has the seventh most saves, or did last week too, but now it's pretty cool because it's over 400. He's in the 400 club with six other guys in Major League Baseball. There's a lot of like poetic. I don't know. Wait, there's irony. about the same
0: number of guys with 400 saves as there are active players from Curacao.
1: That, you know, there's a stat I think for everything. That is, that's got to be pretty comparable. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually, I, we can look like at six that. That's pretty Curse. close. Yeah, okay. I know, I, like if you put me like under the, the bright light, I might have to be able to cough up a, enough of them. Um, I'm going to talk about one of the former ones later, actually, Didi Gregorius. But uh, right now, so his his 400 save. He did over his last team, the team that he played with last year, Atlanta, who he was just with for a year, you know, most of his time was with the Dodgers.
0: Despite and that 442-foot home run by Tristan Casas. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Still managed he to still doing same. Yeah.
1: yeah, thank you. I appreciate Tristan's efforts. His last out was on Travis Donard, and I, I listened to his pronunciation of his name, and I know I'm butching it again. Darnot? Darno. that's it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. All right, it's, the,
0: it's Tra- the, the sub sub quality hurricane. Yeah, exactly. That's
1: it. I'm. Which I, I I'm would be fine the with the if the it hurricane. wasn't called a hurricane. Mm-hmm. I to I'd
0: be fine with this drink. If it wasn't called a hurricane, but it's not what yeah. I, yeah. I want it to taste like.
1: Yep. No. Rocky Darnell, like a hurricane. Travis Darno. Yeah. Travis Travis Darno. Anyway, last out on a catcher who caught him. Not a lot. He was out a lot last year, but still, there's there's a little bit of um of irony there. So his first save was way back in 2010, July 25th, with the Dodgers. And he got, he was with the Dodgers, you know, quite a while. He was with them for the the 2020 World Series. And you would think that that would be a high point, but that was actually one of his toughest years because he struggled a lot. And he got a lot of shit, both in person and online. You know, some fans are just, I don't know. Mean? Yeah. (laughs) Let's go with mean. Same mean things. Yes, yes So at this point, there was a really lovely article that I read in The Athletic, which talked about his mindset and, and he's very pro um, therapy, mental health for pitchers because you just get into those bad funks and it's gonna affect the way that you're performing. And actually one of the things his therapist told him was basically don't look at social media just Mm. it's just and he was doing that too much you know he would have a shitty day and then you look at all the comments and they're going to be extra shitty he i forgot about this i think we talked about this on the show before he survived two heart surgeries and both were because of his irregular heartbeat in colorado because of the altitude oh wow right so that just i mean it says a lot and that was actually part of the issue in in 2020 whether he would be able to to pitch there if, I mean, it's a good thing that Colorado didn't get further because he probably wouldn't have been able to pitch mm-hmm. against them. Wow! So as I'm reading all these great things about Kenley and the Athletic, and I get to the point where he says that he hasn't had a pitch clock violation, he's very he proud of that. He said that out loud. He said it out loud. Oh, well, come and on, also, listen to the show? You can't talk he, about those right.
0: things. Stop saying these things out loud.
1: And he was one of the pitchers who went into this season with people going, how is he gonna adapt to the pitch clock? Right. Because he did have a very slow and deliberate windup. So right, I'm listening, actually I'm like taking my notes, we're in the, the hotel room and I'm listening to Mr. Pottymouth, who's watching the game and I hear Kenley Jensen, pitch clock violation, I'm like fuck. And the first one was they just gave him a warning and then it happened again. And also the, the Nesson announcers are freaking out because there's like, there's tons of time left on the clock why are they calling this a violation? Is the batter not ready? So this is what happened, and yeah. and and nobody. This is funny though, because like nobody at the moment understood what was going on. The announcers didn't know. Clearly, Clint Kenley Jensen looked totally frustrated. Alex Cora is freaking out. But what had happened was L- Wilson Contreras, very intelligent. So he's on on the Cardinals, right? And he, actually, he's been getting a lot of shit lately for just not clicking in there. And and I think he's getting a second chance, but. Yeah he fucked with the system. So he got his upper body completely ready to the point where he looked like he was in the stance and he was looking at the pitcher, but his feet weren't in the box until eight seconds. So he purposefully looked like he was ready. He but drew his the offsides. Feet, yeah. His feet weren't in the box at the last. So, so Kenley went into his delivery. And and then he, at the last second he put his feet in. But like to everybody else, this seems like wait, what's going on? There's like all this time left. Everything, but nobody's looking at the guy's fucking feet. And he did it, and he it worked. So we did it again. They ended up with a, the the walking. The batter was the fourth ball that got him to walk, and then the the cards ended up so winning. The,
0: so one of these happened. There was a pitch clock violation in the in the O's game that I the O's Pittsburgh game that I watched early today, and it was like that but I don't think it was intentional like that I don't think it was somebody drawing me out like the offsides yeah. it was the pitcher was warned for basically quick pitching yeah. you know you're pitching before they they have to it. be yeah. all the way in the box and this was this was Contreras actually drawing that yep. violation by looking like he was just about there but he wasn't Oh, that's not okay. So
1: that's what I'm wondering. Like, how do I feel about this? Like, it's strategy. But he it worked once, well, and he saw that Kenley was still confused, and he did it again. But the
0: first one's free. I mean, they give you a warning right. the first
1: time. So then he did it two more times. Right. So, oh, so he did yeah. it three times.
0: So he Yep, yep, it was three. And Kenley didn't pay attention to the warning. He didn't understand
1: that it was the feat. Like, he was just ah. lost. Everybody was, was lost. Was this the same at bat? Yep. Oh, crap. Yeah, ninth inning. Ninth inning. Oh, it was the crap. go-ahead. Yeah, so he blew the save. He blew the save. Damn. Yeah, the whole thing. And then, like, there was this last minute, could have been a double play that Kike just made the, the second worst shortstop, whatever, made a horrible throw to first, and that was just the end of it. But, oh, my God. Like, it was a, a, an emotional thing. And it was his second-blown save in that many days against the Cardinals.
0: So I'm feeling by next week there'll be some warning for batters, too.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. don't fuck with this. Right, right. Or pitchers. Wow. Are, well, but Kenley, like, bless him, said, now I know. I look at the feet. Like, he's like, all right. You know, he didn't complain about it. He's like, I get it. And this is what I need to yeah. do now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, infielders
0: get away with, like, deking with the ball. It's like pretending mm-hmm. they have the ball when they don't have the ball to try to get somebody. Right. So I guess this is along those lines. Yeah. I don't like it, but I, OK. It just feels it, a little it's,
1: slimy. It feels yeah. a little
0: slimy, but it's probably not. It's probably OK. I don't know. I'm curious to see if it does, in fact, inspire a new, like, you know, part D of the rule, unless this is happening, in which case, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Well, missing the save is not as bad as getting hit in the head by a line drive. Oh, my God. Which happened to two separate pitchers over the past week. Like, really bad. Really bad. So Ryan Yarbrough of the Royals ended up with three, they're called non-displaced fractures, near his right I. Oh he's stable and he's improving. He was hit by a 106.2 mile per hour line drive off of the Oakland A's Ryan Noda. Bam. Ouch. Collapsed to the ground. Yesterday, again we're recording on Sunday so on Saturday, Ryan Feltner of the Rockies was hit in the back of the head by a liner from Nick Castellanos. Happily, Nick did not get all of that ball because it was only going 92 miles per hour as opposed to over 100, which is what if he had You know, been able to line that up. That's what it would. He also collapsed immediately. Neither of these guys lost consciousness. They both were able to leave the field, but yikes! So both are under medical supervision. Feltner, the um, the Rockies pitcher, was supposed to spend last night in the hospital for observation. Um, You know, obviously they're keeping their eye on Ryan Yarbrough, but this this is really scary and pretty unusual that it happened. It's like within days, because mm-hmm. you don't hear about this happening very much. Nick Castellanos was saying, you know, he oh. he wanted to like run to the mound, but the gate the play was live, yeah. So he ran to first, How but awful. he said, but he said, I you know, I'm full of like remorse, concern, worry. I don't know. I've turned into a softy since I had kids. I don't <laughs> like stuff like that. In mm-hmm. both cases, the plays continued. Nota was thrown out by um, Salvador Perez, and um, and Nick reached first base safe both pitchers were out of the game. Yeah. So that's pretty scary. Heavy duty stuff so um best wishes for speedy recoveries there
1: yeah you know and i think i'm thinking nick Castianis's kid who did the t-shirt design should do a little get well card yeah be that'd be all right that'd be all right so he
0: did that when um, nick was with cincinnati reds and that just leads us to the fact that the reds are the newest city connect uniform uh-huh. did you get, take a look at those i did i don't think they're
1: that bad did we talk about the mariners one we did not talk about the mariners okay. but i
0: like the Trident on the mariners one
1: I just, it took me a while to understand the Upside Down Trident. I just feel like it's a, like a stabbing fork. Like, why is it Upside Down? I, th- I read it and then I forgot. Because then it's
0: that. an M for Mariners.
1: Oh. Oh. Ah. Oh, that uh, works. Yeah, All right, maybe I'll look at a little I, bit more.
0: I do, I do like the Seattle ones. The, okay. The Reds, City Connect is unusual because most of the other ones so far, this is the 18th so far, mm-hmm either draw from, like, community stuff and landmarks and things right. about the city or the team history, like Atlanta has references to Henry Aaron. Mm-hmm. So, so those are the two ways Miami Sugar Kings. so that's like, you know, their baseball right. background as opposed to the city necessarily. So those are the two things that most City Connects refer to. The Reds said, we have a young team. We're, they're the oldest team in Major League Baseball. They, everyone knows their history. They, they do, like, throwbacks all the time. Mm-hmm. They wanted to look forward. Wow. So they wanted a really modern, forward-looking uniform. So they came up with this uniform that the the base of it is all black, and then it's got red and white as and they've got a, a red script "Cincy" mm-hmm. across the front, which looks almost like neon lights. So it, it really is it, it's pretty it's pretty sharp. It doesn't call back to anything that I I know about Cincinnati, but I kind of get that the team is young and feisty and lighting it up, and wants to yeah. look, be forward-looking. Cool. Um, ESPN rates it. They 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 have their their, <laughs> their running rating of City Connect Jersey. So it came in hard at an 11 out of the current 18. Oh. The one, two, and three have been steady for a long time because these were all early on. Uh, Rockies, White Sox, and Miami in that order as their as their three favorite. The Nats are hanging on really? to the five right now.
1: I like the Nats better than the Rockies. Actually, out of I all like those, the Rockies, I, the, I I just think it's the I don't know. There's something about the the color, the hue. I just think it's, that the it's Nats is nature. better. It is. It's
0: nature.
1: Yeah.
0: So I kind of looked. to, so, do I want one of these? Like,
1: maybe not, but I'm glad they're there. That's, <laughs> I'm glad they we exist. We can appreciate it when they're on the field. Yes. All right. So we, we keep track of our baseball boyfriends, even when they go on to do other things. And I recently learned that one of my former baseball boyfriends, Didi Gregorius, and I'm trying to remember, I think I picked him when he was on the Yankees. I'm pretty sure I picked him up when he was on the Yankees. This is the other Curacao guy, or one of the other Curacao guys, so he would be in the count. He is actually playing south of the border now. He's playing in the Liga Mexicana de Baseball, so that's the LMB, with the Algodoneros, the cotton pickers of Union Laguna, And he had been released by the Phillies last year. He had a really, really bad year last year with the Phillies. But it seems like he's doing pretty well with Algodoneros. He went three for five on, I think this is his second or third game on May 11th, with a home run and four RBI. And also on boyfriend notables. His, one of his teammates is Jonathan Villar, who was oh. a former baseball boyfriend of mine who played for the Orioles, and, and he played for a bunch of other teams too, but in the Orioles in 2019. So, you know, if you wanna follow LMB, check out the Algodaneros and root on a couple of uh, baseball boyfriends.
0: Today is a, a horrible day in NCIB history because our cross yeah. training, which is usually a little bit more entertaining, it, is basically the same as our police blotter. Oh dear. I don't like that. If you remember last week, we talked about Glenn Kuiper, the A's announcer who, <laughs> quote, flubbed yeah. his pronunciation of Negro Leagues and turned it into a racial slur and was suspended while investigations are going on. I don't think anything has changed there. In that past week since that happened, two other sports have joined in. Two? Two, Two. both on Monday, both last Monday. Wow. Bob Huggins, who's the, the, the uh, West Virginia University men's basketball coach, he has been their coach for 16 years. Prior to that, he coached wow. for the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. So he was on the Sports Talk Radio, and his, when he was with Cincinnati, their arch rival was Xavier University, which is a Jesuit university in Cincinnati. He referred to them with a homophobic slur. Oh. Twice, No. Twice. So it was not a... On a radio show. So no flubbing there. It was right there on the top of, you know, tip of his tongue. That's how he thinks of this uh, Jesuit Catholic team. Uh, homophobic slur. So he was... I don't even want to... So he was suspended for the first three games of next season because their season is over. His salary was cut by a million dollars. Oh. I think his salary was like $4.8 million. Do you really? I don't know. You know, I I would love to
1: see that million dollars go to, like, the human rights campaign or something. That would be
0: okay. He... Okay, so one of the really disturbing things about it, so, so again, he's so 38 or 39 years. so in addition to 16 years at West Virginia and 16 at Cincinnati, there were a couple years. in other places, he has the most wins among active Division one uh, coaches. Think of how many students he yeah. has coached over almost 40 years when that comes that quickly yeah. out of his mouth. That's what, awful. what kind of a, a human? Is he? So I'm kind of horrified. I'm also, like, really grossed out about that's yeah. really the only um, the repercussion for that. But also on Monday, let's move to hockey, shall we? Oh, no. So Stanley Cup playoffs are happening. ESPN, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> ESPN commentator John Anderson mocked Zach Whitecloud, who is a defenseman for the Vegas Knights. He said, what kind of a name is that? It's a great name if you're a toilet paper.
1: His last name is White Cloud. Is he Native American? He
0: sure is. Zach White Cloud is the first indigenous NHL player from Sioux Valley, Dakota Nation. God. He forgave. He forgave Anderson for, quote, his obviously insensitive joke. Uh, Zach White Cloud said, I'm proud of my culture. I'm proud of where I come from, where I was raised, who I was raised by. I carry my grandfather's last name, and nothing makes me more proud than to be able to oh. do that. And then Anderson issued your basic apology, which was, you know, a smidge better than, oh, if I hurt anybody. Right. I mean, he knew he Not, I'm
1: sorry if I offended you. Yeah, yeah so it's a little
0: bit better than that, but it was still, like... Why would you make fun of anybody's name for any reason right. if you are a sports commentator? If you're doing this publicly, you just don't do it. And this was clearly going to be hurtful. Yeah. But White Cloud went on to say, in our culture, we're raised to be the first ones to reach out and offer our help. So that's why I reached out to John this morning.
1: Wow. And
0: I wanted to make sure he understood that I understood that people make mistakes. And he acknowledges that. He's trying to move forward in the right direction and be better from it. So... Zach Whitecloud gets all my respect because I would have just been pissed and I would not have had the grace and the generosity that yeah. he expressed in that public statement to someone who was that flippant yeah. with with, with someone's name, which you don't get more personal than your name, than your family. Right. I don't know that anything has happened to John Anderson. I don't know if there are any official consequences to this, but the washington post had a an article that kind of pulled all of these things together and they put this in the context of this is our culture where in the nhl there's a team that Mm -hmm. has
1: look at chicago yeah right right. yeah
0: there's like you know feather headdresses and logos and there's there are there are names and and we are not taking steps to eliminate this in ways that are easy to eliminate this kind of treatment so there you go that's that's my um That's my soapbox, but um, I feel pretty damn freaking strongly about it, and I have so much respect for Zach Whitecloud for how he handled that really horrendous thing. Absolutely.
1: (sighs) Absolutely. All right, I'm taking a a total left turn and going to talk about women's baseball. And we should all be getting excited because the Women's Baseball World Cup is coming soon, although it is mighty confusing, and I'm 99% sure that I talked about this before about how there's two very separated stages. So the group stages are actually happening at the end of the summer in August and September, but then the finals aren't happening until next summer in Thunder Bay, or Ontario. So I'm a little weirded out by that, but the most important thing is that there's women out there playing baseball and there are women representing so many countries. Right now, if you wanna watch good women's baseball, there are friendly games happening between Cuba and Puerto Rico starting tomorrow, Monday, May 15th to the 20th. And this is just a little bit of a, you know, a, a warm up, I guess, to because both teams are going to be competing in the women's Basic baseball world classic. Puerto Rico is super hyping up for this, and their women's team has been competing against uh, prospects to the Puerto Rican men's league. So these are prospects between the ages of 16 and 19, guys who are playing games against the women's national team to sort of help them get ready. So, you know, I don't know how many other countries have that kind of playing experience for women, but, you know, countries, here I go again, Puerto Rico, the US colony there, like, you know, show voting over what's happening here on the mainland. Very soon, also, the last few um, spaces, I don't know, there's, you know, there's a certain number of teams that qualified for the World Cup and there are a few spaces still left to be filled. Three that are going to be filled by the Asia Cup, which is happening very soon from May 21st to June 2nd in Hong Kong and there are so many countries participating and it just like warms my heart to know that there are women's baseball teams at least in each one of these countries so the asia cup is sort of on two levels there are the new countries that are going to have an opening round and two of those are going to move on to another round with the countries that have previously participated so more established teams so in the opening round we have bangladesh india indonesia malaysia pakistan and sri lanka competing for two stops two spots to move on. Nice. And then those two spots move on, and on May 26, they compete against Japan, China, China Taiwan. Taiwan. I'm not going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh Hong Kong, Korea, and the Philippines. And then out of that round, three will move on to participate in the group stage for the Women's Baseball World Classic. So Group A is happening this August in Thunder Bay, Canada, and it's going to be the Canada, Canada, <laughs> the Canada, Canada, Canada U.S., Australia, Mexico, and two of the teams from the Asia Cup. And then Group B is going to be playing in September in Japan, and that's going to include Japan, Venezuela, Cuba, Puerto Rico, France, and one from the Asia Cup. And then between Group A and Group B, there will be winners who don't see each other again until next summer. And I'm wondering if this is because... These women have day jobs. I mean, there's—it's hard to take that much time off. Could be. Like, Could be. I don't know. It's that's a well, lot. really,
0: because the World Baseball Classic was like three weeks, two right. weeks. It was super fast. Oh yeah. Yeah, although there were some qualifiers that were happening earlier. That's
1: right. That's right. Yeah, to get
0: to the actual tournament. Because right. there, there were and there were yeah, yeah, there were the
1: four groups and then they came down. So it was I don't know, but it was it was still pretty tight. But you're right, you're right. The qualifiers to get into to those get groups, into those groups for I the think. groups who didn't yeah. qualify from last time.
0: Are, are yeah, we going to Thunder
1: Bay? Wow, I don't even, I'm so embarrassed. I don't even know where that is. Ontario, Ontario. I know where that is. But yeah, yeah. wow. That would be lovely. That would be lovely. It's going to be easier to get to than Japan for us, I think.
0: Hey, you you want to hear about my my fantasy team? (laughs) Yes, I do. So I'm doing poorly. I'm 10 out of 12. And one of the reasons is I've been down one or two players because my middle infield has been absent. Everybody's hurt. And I haven't wanted to go back as you mentioned earlier right. we have that secondary list guys we profiled and today yeah. i'm like well screw it this is yeah. not changing i mean nikki lopez is supposed to be on 10 day but he's been on 10 day for like really? weeks and weeks and weeks oh. and, come on. and you know o'neil cruz is out i have him on my yeah. own and so but that's I have, a big loss though. i have corner infielders for days i have outfielders for days i don't have second and shortstop wow I don't have that deep. So I kind of went back to my original list. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I can I can go with yep. Jake Berger. Nope, on the aisle. I can go. So all of these guys like are... Like what I did. <laughs> are, yes, exa- I was like, when you were talking about like, this, is the same thing just happened to me. I went through all of these guys and yeah. they're all out. I ended up with, I think, two left. So I ended up adding Bryce Turan, who's my Milwaukee boyfriend, who is yeah. a middle infielder, and i'm hoping i i had the exact same thing happen to me i got an alert today that he hit a home run oh wow so that was good right. so i'm hopeful she that maybe if that. i have a full lineup mm-hmm. that might actually help me in points we'll find out next week to see if things change but let me give you the top five soccer uh, bow boyfriends holding on to number Holy one cow. 224 Brian, points
1: then how do you do that the
0: a's suck badly in second place at 191 so hanging in there but But yeah, number one is so far. But good job. Number one is really like the Rays right now. Oh, it's like a little bit out of reach. But things will change. Things can change. Yeah. yeah. Number three is Ryan plus Austin plus Kyle plus (laughs) Lucas. Number four and all that jazz, and rounding out the top five, the kids with their set it and forget it roster. Wow. At 153, Potty Mouth is hanging in there,
1: right in the middle at seven, and then uh, ten out of twelve. But it sure is fun. It is fun. Thank you guys for participating. Absolutely thank you guys. And I'm going to be going to a baseball game next weekend with the kids. So I'm here for a few days and then I get to go right back up to the, to the Big Apple to uh, see my kid actually graduate. But your kid is going to meet us and we're going to go to a Mets game and get uh, Lindor. Hopefully. Oh, my God. I hope we get the Don't Bobblehead. Don't stress about that. I know. That'll be fine. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully get a Lindor Babblehead head that I know I've talked about this before on the show, but I'm very excited about it with the grass growing.
0: So the actual important thing about this week is le- I mean, okay,
1: oh yeah, There's your more child important graduating
0: things. is the most yeah. important thing. In addition to sporting events, it's my birthday on Yay! Friday. Happy so birthday. birthday on Friday! So can I tell you what I'm doing for my birthday? Yes, I'm, the day before my birthday, I'm going with my kids. So we'll each see my kid for a baseball game. We're going to the O's game awesome. on. Thursday
1: day game, so we can see. Oh, that's great! Yeah,
0: so I it's it's also field trip day, so I think there'll be a lot of screaming children. But we will not be (laughs) among them because I sprung for some better seats. Nice. Yes, birthdays are worth it. On Friday, my child and I are going to see the Mystics opening opening open game with with a friend of ours. So you know, birthday sports on my birthday, and on saturday the day after my birthday i'm going with two friends to the nats game because oh. it's star wars
1: yes day. and there's cool shirts there's involved. cool shirts so i great i'm, I'm having glad. three
0: sporting events in three days two with my son two with good friends and i'm very excited about that Excellent. so yay so yay and then i think on sunday i'll just be recovering and Probably seeing if someone else will co-host with me oh, because I have a feeling right. you
1: might be just a little bit busy. Is that, yeah, we got to figure that out, huh? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty excited about that. I can't think of a better way to spend my birthday than um, having my my son here and then seeing yeah. some sports. Yay! All right. Yay! All right, my friends. Uh, if you're celebrating your birthday, yay! Have a good time. <laughs> I hope you get a baseball game on your birthday too. If you have friends or family that you think would like to hear us talk about baseball, please feel free to let them know about the podcast. Look up some old episodes. If we're talking about these boyfriends that you want to learn more about, if You need to correct something or make a suggestion or just jump in on the conversation. Please find us on social media.
1: Yeah, I would be fielding those corrections on Twitter. You can find it at NCIB Podcast. Facebook and Instagram is No Crying b If you want to throw us a mere dollar or two a month, you will find some fun stuff on our Patreon page. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash no crying in b-ball and um and maybe i can get your kids to say something at the mets next weekend it, it could happen it, it could happen yeah hey
0: my phone told me that uh that maryland and dc are no longer tracking new covid cases oh, with yeah. the alert thing so i'm going to stop saying get boosted because who knows if that's even a thing anymore but i do want you to fight the man <laughs> i want you to send your game balls to meredith and until next week say goodnight potty mouth
1: goodnight potty mouth Besides like the the barrels, the bowels of a microphone, microphone bowels.
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't want to think about microphone bowels. Oh God.